Just a reminder before we get started that Riff and Rock Music Talk can be heard wherever you go. You can go now to www.stitcher.com and search for Riff and Rock and you will find us. Or you can download the Stitcher app and take us wherever you go. Holy shit, how amazing is that? So you can now listen to us on your iPhones, your iPods, your iPads, your iMacs, your Emacs, your iPad Airs, your MacBook Airs, your Android devices, including... Well, all of them. There's a lot of them. I'm not going to list all of those. It'd be a much longer list. You can listen to us on our, your Blackberries, your Blueberries, your Raspberry Pis, your Palm Prees, your eHelio devices on your Palm Pilots. You can also still listen to us on your desktop at riffandrock.com or find us on iTunes. Now, back to the show. Summer Summerfest can be either amazing because you get to see a good band in like a, a much smaller, like for 15 bucks, you get to see some really good bands. Or you go and you're like, I'm going to go check out Pat Benatar because why not check out Pat Benatar? And it's disappointing as fuck because for, for eight songs, you don't hear any of the singles. So what? Oh, that's sad. I just wanted to hear Love is a Rattlesnake. Uh, Love is a Battlefield? And my friend's a mud clot. Your, your friend's a, a Frankenstein? Yeah, but is that the real song? She she's got suspiciously long hair for someone her age. Like she hasn't cut her hair in years. Yeah, like you know when people start getting older, you usually shorten their hair. But she, nope, she's she's sixty two and was rocking a serious mane. And then the guitarist she had with, I guess they were touring to celebrate like her partnership with some. I forget the guitarist's name. Biorino or Beefarino. Beefarino. Is he so keen on Beefarino? <laughs> um, uh, oh no, Neil Giraldo. And um, he just like wouldn't stop fucking guitar soloing the whole time. He's just like. Here, I'm just gonna guitar solo some more, and here's some more guitar solos. And I'm like, Neil, can you, can you cool it, bro? He couldn't. <laughs> he couldn't cool it. He was just, That's upsetting. And the drummer, I like the drummer though. He was the drummer was pretty good. He had a way too big of a drum kit for you know Pat Benatar, but fuck it, whatever. <laughs> he was <just> going ham. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> it's like I need ten different symbols to to. I don't. I have no idea what songs they played, but we did get to see uh, Omar Rodriguez Lopez's ex girlfriend Jamina Sariana. She she played earlier in the day. That was good. Was Labucherets? No, no. Well, that's his current. That's his current boo. Is the singer from Labucherets? Oh. And so she was. It was some fun Latin pop music. Uh. And then there was some brass band we didn't see, but I think we're going to go back on the 4th of July because Weird Al Yankovic is playing, so fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Summer, it, Summerfest is so weird. It's just like, the the I don't understand how the, how some of these acts show up. It just is bizarre. I don't, I don't understand. How do you get Pat Benatar and Weird Al in the same music fest? I don't know. It's like the leftovers from... Um... All the other festivals going on across the country. You know, I think you're right. It's just kind of like wh- who are the ones that didn't ca- get called up? So it would like I'm looking at the list. It's like there's Floggy Molly, there's Flaming Lips, Weird Al, Pat, F- Fat Zanzibar, um, Santa Gold. Just like oh, oh Santa Gold, she's great. 
we we caught like two minutes of her of her set because she was playing at the same time as hat rangarar and um then coheed and cambria was there so we ran into uh my friend john he oh he he was camping for a couple hours to get good coheed spot that's that's cool (laughs) coheed is certainly a band they have performed many songs in their career Mm-hmm. And may their career be long and prosperous. Yes, I, I, I've seen, I've seen, I've gone to a Kohi show once. It's entertaining. They have a big, they have some lights, and they had a cheap display, like a bit cheap cardboard cutout of a city in the background when I saw them. And I'm like, you know what? A for effort, guys. It looks like you did this on your spare time. <laughs> why, why hire somebody when you can just kind of, you know? <laughs> take some glitter glue and make some make a cityscape yourself because <laughs> they try to be like rush right there, that's a i think that's a really good um hold on i think that's a really good analogy is that they are pretty rush-esque i think there's they when i saw them they did a a medley of iron maiden songs which was pretty cool but i think they definitely have a very rush like sound especially because the singer is also a very high pitched uh has a very high ranging voice and he plays bass oh well the singer actually plays guitar <gasps> oh you oh so today at summerfest you could see um sublime with rome so uh <laughs> right um <laughs> Motion City soundtrack, Flaming Lips, but 10 o'clock, the Briggs and Stratton big bo- backyard stage, Third Eye Blind is playing. <laughs> so, motherfuckers, if you're in the tri-state area, you should start driving over now, because at some point, they may play <laughs> Semi-Charmed Life. Mm. <laughs> yes. And why would you want to miss that? Why would you want to miss that? I don't know. Actually, speaking of Third Eye Blind, I wrote... I start writing again because this computer makes writing so easy. And um, I reviewed their album. Oh, I thought we were going to podcast that album. We certainly can do both. (laughs) Uh, uh, I also reviewed uh, Kid Rock's album. Oh, thank God. I'm particularly proud of that one. Tomorrow, Sunday, June 28th, uh, Paris Hilton will will be playing. Um, which which Paris Hilton? The the one with the 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 whole movie where she's in 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 the nude, having sex with a professional douchebag. So she's going to be performing adult things, or I think she's just going to recreate her sex tape on stage. Uh... Or she's doing a DJ set, which I'm. Look, Ew. like, I think there's some good DJs out there, but your, your craft has been kind of made a joke of because Paris Hilton is now a DJ. Yep. She got herself uh, a Microsoft Surface tablet, and she loaded up auto audio tools. What's the name of the software everybody uses? Oh, uh, Pro, not, Pro Tools? Not Pro Tools. Well, Pro, yeah, Pro Tools, right? I don't know. She might use Tractor or one of the many other DJing softwares, including... Uh, Decadance and Virtual DJ and that other one and Ableton. So she has a combination of two to three of the formerly mentioned <laughs> softwares and now she's playing at your sad excuse for Lollapalooza. 
to be fair, instead of paying eighty to ninety dollars, you only pay fifteen bucks. So I think it works out. Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday, June thirtieth, you could see Gogol Bordello and Flogging Molly and White Snake, but you can only pick one because they're all playing at the same time. Ooh! Or you can go get yourself a hot dog <laughs> and softly <laughs> listen to all three playing in the off in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> and that that day because they have the thing that sucks the only thing they really dislike about Summerfest is that they have like a big big band every night but you have to pay extra for those tickets so like last year we went and saw Outcast, but you had to pay like an extra 50 60 bucks to see them so th- there it's a uh, lincoln park Le- yesterday yesterday when we went it was keith urban a uh, zach brown band will be there let's see july 1st will be kendrick lamar with schoolboy q Ooh. yeah Ooh. Which would be good, but we will be out of town. There's also a Division BMX stunt team playing every night. We actually saw them a little bit as well. And you know what? They were good. I saw some guys doing flips on bicycles. That was crazy. <laughs> Shut up, Alex. You're such a troll. No, I'm serious. It was really entertaining. I would, I had like a big dumb grin on my face. I'm like, this is so awesome. Like, I, I don't figure I wouldn't go to, like, a music festival to watch a BMX stunt team at 9.30 at night, but I was proven wrong. It was amazing. And how much of the ecstasy were you on? We did see a guy do a bunch of coke in front of us. Ooh. He, like, opened something, kind of, like, put it on his hand, and he just started, like, fucking going ham on his hand. So I'm assuming it was drugs. Oh, yeah. Had to have been. Either that or Jolly Ranchers. Oh, Ground up Jolly Ranchers. Like, get that green apple. Jolly Ranchers. If you go on Friday, July 3rd, you could see the Eiley Brothers, or at the same time, the Doobie Brothers, or at the same time, Lupe Fiasco. Wait, the Eiley Brothers? Yeah, they're going to be there on Friday. Wait, so you have to choose between the Brothers the brothers and Lupe? Yeah, Ugh. or Cowboy Mouth. I, I do not envy you poor people that are in attendance on july 3rd you You have to make the biggest choice of your life um i want to hear shout live that's that's where my line is drawn yeah i think i would go to lupe really yeah uh he he has a concert at the house of blues on wednesday tickets are 45 dollars oh well that was my whole logic for seeing pat benatar's like if you would actually see pat benatar at an actual concert probably like 60 70 bucks to see them, and you, and um, it'd be depressing. This was <laughs> this was fifteen dollars, and it was depressing. I, you know, it, it was it was a fair trade. And fair trade—that's really what America's about, right? And then, welcome to Riffin. <laughs> Yeah, I, okay, we're done looking over the Summerfest lineup. Unless you want to see Sammy Hagar in the circle on July 4th. I do. Oh, oh shit, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Because he's playing at the same time as Weird Al. I'd go see Weird Al. But then here's... Whoa, 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 whoa. Over Sammy Hagar? Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck? Uh, motherfucker, here's what you do. You go to the BMO Harris Pavilion, 5 o'clock, you see Foghat. All right? Dummies, shut up. You're going to go see fucking Foghat. Then at 9.45, you could see Sammy Hagar at the Miller Lite Oasis or Weird Al. But then at 10.15, Jane's Addiction comes on. 
Yes. That is. <laughs> Dave Navarro. Now the singer. Now do you you want to see you want to see the shit blow up for real? This is Sunday, July fifth, the last day. You can see I you you have a choice, Smash Mouth, <gasps> or Kansas. Oh man, both one hit wonders headlining the entire festival. Well, the big the big gig that day is Neil Young. Oh. Well, then why not just wait for Neil Young instead of having to see either of those two shitty bands? No, no. And sorry, sorry, you dumb, dumb Smash Mouth is a two-hit wonder. They're a, twun- they're a twunder. <laughs> they're not just a wonder. They're a twunder. Oh, I guess Kansas is also a twunder. What, what do they got besides you can go your own way? Go your own way? That's uh, that's Fleetwood Mac. Oh, shit. Who, what am I thinking of? Carry on my wayward yeah, son. Yeah, just kidding, everybody. They also have Dust in the Wind. Okay. Also, you could see on Sunday, July 5th, Toad the Wet Sprocket. Oh, yeah, I love the Toadies. Yeah. Do you want to die? <laughs> I'll not be a gentleman. <laughs> well, I hope at this concert, Smash Mouth, people don't throw bread at you. I hope bread gets thrown at you, singer of Smash Mouth, whose name is irrelevant because you're just a fucking singer of Smash Mouth. I think his name is just actually Smash Mouth. First name is Smash, last name Mouth. (laughs) And the original band was Smash Mouth and the Crash Crash Bandicoots, but they cut it, so now it's just Smash Mouth. Beautiful. <laughs> Might as well be working on the start of the way. Act out. I always thought that that was a cover of a shitty like monkey song. <laughs> nope, they wrote that all by themselves. Yep. <laughs> uh, Florence in the Machine, huh? Oh man, my girl Flo. She is at it again. Yamashinu has risen from the ashes. Her and famed guitarist Bob Aykroyd, famed son of Dan Aykroyd, I assume. They they took to the streets once again with nothing but a couple of microphones and a producer and an assistant producer and a studio and a handful of other people. And a brass arrangement. <laughs> yup. To produce her third album, How Big, How Blue, How Beautiful. Ryan, what did you think of Florence and her Rage Against the Machines? So Florence's rage is unparalleled. Um, they Their sound for the first two albums was so unique and so fresh. It was great. And every single one of their songs was a hit. Now, with this new album, they take a, a, a weird turn where it's a little bit harder, 
not too many of the famed harp that I love so much in their original recording. This is much poppier, I think, than the other two recordings. I agree, but it still maintains its European flair, which is great because the other European band that we're covering <laughs> <laughs> has no flair. Or <laughs> the wrong kind of flair. Yeah, so I, I, whenever I think of Florence and the Machine, I think of Enya and how Florence and the Machine is doing everything right, and Enya did everything wrong. Oh, but Enya was on the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. Is is Florence on a Lord, uh, on a on a Hobbit movie soundtrack? I don't think so. She doesn't need to be. Check one point for Enya. <laughs> yeah, good point. Anyway, <laughs> so I love this album. This album is great. The song "What Kind of Man" just it kicks the shit out of me. It 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 forces me to. Uh, wrap my teeth around a cement curb outside at night and then it just kicks me in the back of the head. Damn. Yeah, I got curb stomped by this album. For a song with only about four or five chords, it, it really works quite well and has a lot of impact. And she doesn't compromise too much of her... I mean, it's, it's a more straightforward poppy-sounding album, I'd say. But she doesn't compromise too much of her unique style. So there's still like the incessant amount of uh, vocal overlay and woes that were in all the other albums. But it's yeah. it, it's still there. And in this, I feel like we've had to make some comment in a lot of reviews of like, well, now this artist went super synth disco dance time. And thank God Florence Machine did not go super disco dance time because that would have been fucking horrendous. No, she's like, yeah. hey, you what's great instruments and musicians? Let's do that instead of having getting the David Quetta to to push the push the play button on my Ableton preset. And it's a lot more rock yes. oriented this album instead of pop, which is great. But flip side, there's no standout single that will last forever. Well what about what like kind of man? It's I don't know it's it's not a it's no dog days are over. Oh no, that's which I was hoping for a standout song like that for this album, but it's I mean it's not there aren't too much. Maybe the song Mother, maybe, but like it's the last song of the album, so it's probably not going to get that much play no. on the radio ever. It's got a big bombastic epicness, which was a great album closer. But it, I don't think it's going to be the one that people are going to latch onto because it, it's it's not as succinct and catchy and repetitive. Like a like, it's the longest song on the album by fifteen seconds. Yep. <laughs> Take that! How big? How blue? How beautiful? You're only the second yeah, longest jerk. song. Well, that- at first I was excited that that uh, mother was a cover of Danzig, but. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was sorely disappointed. Mother, tell your yeah. children. It'll be great. I know. What kind of man love like this? <laughs> D- Danzig, uh, call up Florence, or Florence, call up Danzig. Who, who, whichever way makes more sense. You guys need to work on a collab. It'd be like if Kiss worked with Enya.
I really like this album. Not every song was knocked out of the park. Um, I had acquired the deluxe box, the deluxe edition, which had two extra songs, both of which. Um, so when I listened to it, I didn't realize Mother was supposed to be the original last track. And I was like, oh man, this is an awesome epic closer. And then it gets to this song called Hiding, which sounds like the cheapest, like she bought the cheapest keyboard preset she could imagine. And it's a fucking disaster. And, oh no. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's a bonus track. So you know what? It doesn't really count. Um, but it killed the whole flow of it because I didn't realize that I had gone on to, to the bonus material. Uh, just like another album I listened to recently, uh, which we might talk about later, uh, the, the new France Ferdinand collab album, FFS, where I listened past the, the original ending out al- ending track. I'm like, why, where did all these bad songs come from at the end? Oh no. <laughs> but on the real album, I would say the track St. Jude wasn't was sort of just kind of an odd lackluster moment. It kind of got slow and weird and the the, the person whispering in the background, "St. Jude." Didn't just yeah, didn't work for me. It's a weird song. And I watched the music video. That was the first time I listened to that song. I was like, "What? Why did they make this? Did you ever watch the music video for What Kind of Man? Where she's just getting like the shit beat out of her the whole time? No. It is very violent. What? Oh, God. And it's just her and a bunch of men like throwing her around and whatever. It's kind of odd. Huh. So you heard it here first, guys. Go watch um, go watch Violence Against Women on YouTube. <laughs> In the name of a music video. But you know, you you made this comment like there weren't any source that a lot. This is kind of different from the other albums, and I agree. But there's some songs I thought that reflected, like the song "Third Eye," really reminded me of um, one of her previous songs. I can't remember the the name of it at at, at the moment. I'm looking, but uh, <laughs> fuck. There's a a tool song called Third Eye. Is that what you mean? No, or I mean uh, from her second album, Ceremonials, the song No Light, No Light. I thought it sounded pretty... Third Eye had a very... It was pretty akin to that. So I I thought there were... It wasn't totally apt... It wasn't totally different from the original outing. I mean, yeah, definitely much cleaner. uh, Definitely um, cleaner in the sense, like, much more pop-oriented as opposed to, like, sort of the indie vibe she was going for. I mean, a very short yeah. amount of time, she's all of a sudden selling out stadiums as opposed to just filling up tiny little clubs. I, yeah, I don't, I just don't see them as a stadium group. I think, but maybe not so much in the US, but I think in the UK, that's probably what, because she's, I think she's done gigs at the O2 Arena, which is like their big, um, the like the big stadium in, in, in the England's. Interesting. Kind of like the Fillmore West was. <laughs> or I guess I could just compare it to Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that, that'd make way more sense because the Fillmore West is nowhere near as big. <laughs> well, and I don't think. I think this might be the album, too, where. She. I think she's going to lose, like, the commercial appeal, at least in the States, because, again, like, we we brought up it's not synth pop it's not electronic and that's such a big trend right now in the states that 
she's gonna kind of like lose that chunk of her audience that want her to like make a, a fucking disco song for no damn reason because I don't know that's that's what's in these days because the world is terrible it really is it <laughs> uh, you know I'm crying because the cat bit you again no because I know that the review of Florence and the Machines coming to an end, and then we're gonna have to talk about this bullshit um, next. Well, so would you recommend Florence and the and Ursa's Machine? Um, how big? How blue? How beautiful? I I would, yeah, I would. I would. There's something for everybody. Yeah, definitely. Comes out with a sort of temperate rock song, "Ship to Wreck," and I think it's just kind of keeps going from there has some great peaks and valleys some energetic songs then you encounter saint jude and then mother Once, a, once upon a time, there was this band, also from the UK, and they made great albums. Oh, their albums were so stupendous. They were such great albums like Origin of Symmetry, Absolution, and that other one. And then in 2009, they released The Resistance. And they're called Muse. And this new album is called Drones. Well, they had the resistance, or uh, yeah, let's call the resistance, right? Right, and then there was what the second law, or the second law, which is when the transformation to U two became complete. See, I thought during the resistance they were trying to do like a queen thing, and then I guess that didn't quite happen. Yeah, they tried, and then they failed, and then they were like, "Yeah, fuck it, we'll just be like U two. Everybody loves U two. That's what, which is wrong. Nobody likes U two. Well, the greatest band in the universe, Mumford and Sons, did that just in our last episode, and we explained how that worked so epically for them. Yeah, and then they kicked out all the homeless people in Chicago. Thanks, dicks. It's just a step above Dave Matthews Band dumping a bus full of shit on a tour on a tour boat. <laughs> One baby step. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm looking at the uh, the personnel involved in making this album. There are like 50,000 engineers and production pro- producers. It is insane. Yeah, I mean, you need that, that many people because there's only three people in the band. They need backup. <laughs> oh my god. Oh uh, boy. Ryan, what did you think of Muse's drones? 
Uh, so the best part of the album was this really shitty clip of JFK speaking, or someone pretending to be JFK. It was a bad just talking. <laughs> They're just saying shit, <laughs> and um, that was the best part. Um, <laughs> from from track one, we I knew it was going to be a horrible album <laughs> from the first four seconds. Where they did it, and the album just <laughs> fucking it, it does it never gets much better higher up than that. I now I need to I need to differentiate something because we're I think we're going to disagree on one point here where every time I think his name is Matthew Bellamy opens his mouth and words come out, this album just got worse and worse and worse. Oh, yeah, Which definitely. I want to get to in a point in a second, but I'm gonna argue that honestly, the music itself wasn't terrible. It was okay, but when you added Matthew Bellamy's lyrics on top of it, like the whole thing became this comical disaster of um. I, I really of like middle school political angst. Yeah, that's like which they've been that's that's been their mo for the last twenty years, man. But you know what? I I reflect on the the first few albums, and like abs- I've listened to Absolution quite a lot, and while they have always had this tinfoil on their head kind of government paranoia slipped into their lyrics. I don't ever remember, like, up until The Resistance, I don't remember ever being so on the nose and blatant. Oh, yeah. Like, The Resistance is where I think he just kind of like, fuck metaphors, let's just be like, government is bad, government is bad, and, um... Wow, that was a really good Muse song. You're welcome. Uh, Muse, do not steal that. Uh, (laughs) Because that's pretty much, like, what these lyrics are. So... Like, can we... <laughs> yep. It, word for word. It is like a 7th grader's Trapper Keeper. Like, they went on the Huffington... Like, a 7th grader went on the Huffington Post, write a few opinion columns, is like, I know politics. And then you have the song <laughs> Psycho. And Psycho is hilarious because a grown-ass adult wrote the, wrote the song. He really did. And I think, yeah, I think he's written every single Muse song. And I think it's a combination of A, uh, he ran out of drugs for his paranoia. B, he started taking better drugs to increase his paranoia. (laughs) And C, he just kind of ran out of ideas for songs. It's like, guy, you can write about other topics. You could could sing about carpet, uh, bugs, bowls. Uh, Parks and Recreation, the TV show. Now that it's over, you could write a full concept album. Um, yeah, no spoilers though. No, no. Oh no, he can totally spoil it now. Yeah, uh, you could write about that time you were a guest on Wait Wait Don't Tell Me. Whenever you become a guest on Wait Wait Don't Tell Me. Uh, 
Um, you can you can talk about um, how you have a child with Kate Hudson. Does he really? Yeah. Wow. You could just like um, stop recording music and go be a dad. Oh no! They split up in twenty four in December. Oh boy! Maybe that's Ooh. why he feels. Dad, it's up. Yeah, but he's now dating a model, so. But his current girlfriend is. Yes, yes. And after she listening is. to this album, I feel really sad. Did it sad? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I liked the, uh, the, like, because this is what I was getting with. with the music for that song was kind of catchy. had that, like, that keyboard sound. They're like, Wee! Yeah, the second half of the song, I kind of liked. Although it really did sound like Bono was singing. Yeah, if you could, if I could get instrumental versions of this album, I would probably be on board with it. Yeah, because he's like a, a classically trained musician. And he used to sing in the opera. Yeah. Or at least trained to sing in the opera, or he could pretend really well. Well, and so he definitely has that big, grandiose singing voice, which works. It's just... It worked. Yes. <laughs> you are right. It worked. But when you add these dumb lyrics on top of it, and it's like... Uh, like I Again... It is like a middle schooler wrote like the song Revolt. I'm gonna I'm gonna go find the lyrics for the song Revolt. Please do. Because they are just fucking horrendous. And while you're doing that, I have to ask another question. Uh, Why was the globalist ten minutes long? <laughs> I, I, I wish I knew. I really wish I knew why the globalist. Like there's no reason for that bullshit. Because it doesn't really go anywhere for a while. It doesn't. For approximately one to ten minutes, it goes nowhere. How did we get in so much trouble? Getting out just seems impossible. Oppression is persisting. I can't fight this brain conditioning. Our freedom's just alone. Run by machines and drones. They've got us locked into their sights. Soon they'll control what's left inside. Don't try to hide it. Don't tell me it's not there. And in the chorus, they just say, you can revolt a lot. And it's... You can revolt. It, you can revolt. Yep. It's, uh... It's, uh... 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 Uh, yeah. 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 This is the... This is the worst Muse has made, which sucks because from the day that they started, back in the 90s... It was great. And then right around 2009? With the resistance, it started just going downhill very fast. Does it mean you got Black Holes and Butterflies or whatever that <laughs> album is called? With Knights, the one with the Knights of Cydonia. Yeah. Knight, like, this is the same motherfucker that wrote Knights of Cydonia. And now he's writing <laughs> that bullshit. Ugh. I, the, the last song was okay, Drones, where they just said drones a lot. Because it was just... Because all, that's all they were saying, so it, the, the potential for less dumbness was uh, not there. And it it really it really fit the theme. Yeah. Drones. 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 It, it doesn't get more on the nose than the song Psycho, where they're like, we're going to make you into a psycho. Because that's because everyone in the military is a crazy murderer. Psycho! 
Uh, this album sucked. It really. Alex, do you think that people should listen to it even for laughs? Uh, that okay. And this is where I'm struggling with this album. Is as dumb and as idiotic and as juvenile as this album was. There was a I don't know what the right word is, but there was some kind of charm to it. Your 12-year-old kid and um their friends made this album and you'd be like huh these these 12-year-olds are pretty talented and so there was like this idiotic juvenile charm because i remember when i was a dumb teenager early a preteen or an early teen and i had dumb political ideas and i would have written this album so it took me back to a simpler time when I didn't really understand what NAFTA was. And... <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, you know, this is, this is kind of cute. This is a cute little album they got going on here. And uh, not, not in any... By no means is it a good album, but you know what? It's gotta. It's there's there's moments that are okay, like the song Reapers was all right. Mm. It was the least stupid. <laughs> I'll give I'll give it that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but the moments that were just like that over the hill stupid. It was just kind of like it's so dumb that you're just like who who wrote this shit? You it's it's. It's it's insane, and I I, for that reason, I almost want to say you have to listen to it to go, what the fuck is this? Like legit, what the fuck is going on? Because I am stunned that anyone over the age of ten or age of twelve wrote this material. (laughs) That's where and that's where my brain is stuck. Is Matthew Bellamy is writing these lyrics. He's writing, he's writing, he's writing. And somewhere in his mind, I'm thinking, I'm not thinking he's like, fuck it, let's just get this done so I can acquire another huge chunk of money. I think in his mind, he's going, yeah, this is, this is really good. This is like, this is, this is it. This, like, I'm going to blow people's fucking minds with this drones metaphor. Like, and he, he thought this was high fucking art. And that's where I think this is like an, an amazing uh, like sociological experiment or like a psychological experiment. Like this, and so with that in mind, you should listen to this album once and then depending on the format you downloaded or purchased it, you will destroy it forever and pretend that it never happened. Yeah. And I, uh, I just have to say one one last thing about this. <laughs> this to me is like the music equivalent of Plan Nine from Outer Space. In his mind, and by his I mean Matthew Bellamy's, it seemed like the coolest thing that he's ever done. It's like, oh, this high concept album this is going to be great. But when he puts it all together and realizes, like. It's like the shittiest album he ever made, but he probably still thinks that it's awesome. 
And whenever somebody criticizes it, he probably throws a hissy fit. Like, you can't see my vision. This is is beyond you and me. This is forever. (laughs) And the fact that in uh, a a lot of the, um, like, the billboard, like, charts, like, for all these different countries on Wikipedia, the fact that it hit number one (laughs) on a little more than half of these countries, like in Dutch and Finn, whatever, whatever country Dutch is from, whatever country Finnish is from, like it's like one across the board, except for Poland, it reached sixth in the charts. Can I, can I, ven- the fact- can I venture why that is? Please do. Because English is not their main language. So they're just like, whatever this guy's saying is pretty good. Oh my god! <laughs> I that was a thought I had, and I'm glad you said it because it, as I was listening to this, I'm like if I didn't know what the lyrics were, I'd be kind of on board with this. But it it hit number one in the U.S. and the U.K. <laughs> but one day you're gonna realize as you stand out on on a, a pier at at a harbor. You look out over the ocean or the gulf or whatever body of water you're at, you will realize that you are truly, deeply dead inside. I changed my mind. I love this album. (laughs) Everybody, let's do it now. Now that I think about how meaningless my life is, let's just be muse like. Muse really is my muse. Oh yeah! Oh, Roll yeah. out the tin foil. Get make your hat. Fuck this album. <laughs> you're ready to rock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>